What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Harmony of Hustle podcast, where I'm documenting my journey of building my business from scratch all the way to hopefully 25 million and beyond, maybe even a billion. I'm going to be interviewing a ton of people, documenting the ups, the downs, everything about this process, as well as talking about things that I do in my personal life and hopefully bringing you guys as much value as humanly possible. So tune in, enjoy, and welcome to the Harmony of Hustle. All right, guys, what's going on? Good morning. Um, little morning vlog here today. Like I said, when I started this podcast, um, I really wanted this to be not only me interviewing people, but also almost being like a little diary of kind of what's going on in the real life of, of, of a startup business. Um, I think, unfortunately, I don't have the uh, the budget for a full-time videographer right now to to try to capture all the moments, which I will love to do at some point, but I'm thinking this little audio diary will be the next best thing. So it is, what day is today? Today is February 26, um, seven in the morning and a lot of, uh, a lot of good things going on this month. Uh, we have been a fourth quarter team for sure. Um, first week of the month was really hot, had a bit of a slouch throughout the middle of the month, but then we were able to pick it up. Um, at the end of the month, which is really, really exciting. Um, so this is actually be our record month as far as deposits go in. I think we're going to bring in 70 grand of actual like cash collected, which is great. Um, the month before, I think we're doing 85K-ish uh, in top line, but uh, that wasn't all take home. So you know we're actually going to be depositing uh, one of our biggest checks uh, this month, which would be great because we can then start paying off some of the upstart uh, cost of the business, um, as well as put some more money into marketing, um, and hopefully also get some more equipment on hand so we can install these systems at a faster rate. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, we were also able to finalize um, our partnership with a local Ace Hardware franchise. So they will be offering our water tests to all their customers, which is great for us because now we can uh, go ahead and get a lot of leads in, and then that'll also help the store because they will get a commission based off the, the sale price. So with that today, I kind of want to talk about how, if you're a home service business to um, get these big box retail stores. And then I want to talk about just kind of like meta stuff I've been thinking about that I think could definitely help, um, especially if you're trying to build up a team and you're in that little startup mode right now. But going to, to big box uh, real quick, um, one of the things that I was doing uh, at the beginning of last year trying to secure these relationships was a lot of emails, a lot of following on LinkedIn, and unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of good responses from that. Um, I've also tried to get into some retail stores based off some relationships I've had uh, with people in the industry for a while, which is a good way to try to leverage that. But again, uh, nothing was really uh, coming from that. So it was kind of a waste of time. I uh, learned a bit as far as like drafting up emails, I guess, but wasn't really able to secure anything meaningful as far as partnerships. I could get me stuff in their stores and uh, get some money. I did try some smaller stores just walking around and I started getting more traction there. So <clears throat> what that showed me was it's almost better to just, if you have an outside sales team, create an incentive for them to go drudge up that business for you. Because at the end of the day, when you're running the company, there's only so much you can do, 
right? You have other things that you need to be focused on if you want to push the business forward. Um, so what I did was, you know, most companies we have, or at least most companies do uh, door-to-door uh, sales, knocking on doors, you know, to get leads and things like that. So what I did is I just converted that same model for B2B. And if you have an outside sales team, this is a really good way for your reps to earn some uh, residual income, which one of the things I think is really important when building a team is figuring out ways to make them feel like they have a piece of the pie. And you want to also find out ways to do that without giving away equity or profit sharing, especially early on. So what I did is I have a structure built into the company where uh, if any of my door-to-door guys are able to drudge up B2B business or big box retail stores or local um, gyms that would let us promote or uh, health clubs or things like that, that any store they get, they will get a uh, percentage of every sale in perpetuity of that store as long as they work for the company. So as long as they work here, they will get paid per sale. Now, it's not a massive percentage, right? Um, but it's made to be. So if someone, if a rep gets, you know, we're for five to six stores under their belts, uh, they could theoretically not have to work um, if they wanted to make, you know, minimum wage. So, and then if they are closing deals on top of that, it's just added income, added commissions. And, you know, as that continues to grow, it becomes a, a compounding vehicle for the rep. And I think in a lot of sales environments, there are not a lot of inherently built compounding vehicles for the salespeople themselves uh, to be able to actually grow with the business and make more money. And for it, for the rep themselves, it's a great, it's a great, great position to be in because, you know, they're going to move up with the company, they'll make more money, but they'll also, you know, the longer they're with the business, if they continue to try to go to different businesses, it's just natural they'll get plenty of them for you. So for them, they're really able to to have a piece of the company. Um, it'll also help you as a business out uh, because you don't have to uh, do all the manual labor that yourself, but also getting these retail stores is a massive lead gen source. So two or three of those could be the difference between you being a 20 or a 10 to 15 install a month company or a 50 to 60 install a month company. So it's really worth incentivizing your people to do so. It also gives them skin in the game, which makes it really a win-win for, for everybody, uh, which is ultimately, if you can find those win-wins, uh, that's amazing. That's really what you want to want to go for. Um, <clears throat> so then kind of switching to the, the more meta stuff that I've been thinking about. Um, I listened to, uh, this author named Will Store, and, um, he basically wrote a book um, about kind of just humans and our evolution and how we think and how we operate and you know what drives us uh, at the core. And one of the things he was talking about the most was the this idea of status and really how ingrained status is into everything that we do. And I thought about that because it's really the main driver between why people stay in the ruts they're in and why people try to achieve more, right? It's why people get the Lamborghinis, why they get the the private jets a lot of the time. is It's a it's a status thing, and it feels good. Um, he even mentioned how a lot of times when people you know commit suicide or get really depressed, it's usually during the onset of a dramatic loss of status. So you imagine someone was running a Fortune 500 company, and they lose it all, and now they're a janitor. Or maybe you were an NFL player, and you broke your leg, and now you're a you know, middle school football coach, something like that. Um, and this goes to, you know, everything we do in life. Uh, and what I thought was interesting is status. Obviously there's the societal status, 
But really, if you're looking to be happy and fulfilled, what you need to try to do is determine your own status game within your own life. So, you know, when I, um, you know, when I left the military, I was, you know, working at a, what you would consider a high status position and it looked good, but I wasn't super fulfilled. You know, I was working in the Pentagon doing executive protection. I was, you know, with the secretary of the Navy, the secretary of defense, and I was flying on private jets, staying in five-star hotels and was on all these important board meetings that were, you know, shaping the way the country ran and, uh, you know, high status, high status game. And when I left to get into sales, that was socially a low status game. Um, I lost status by doing that. I went from, you know, what I just mentioned to knocking on doors and sun and homes. And I think that feeling of perceived lost status and the judgment of others is really why people stay poor because some of the biggest status games in the world take the most amount of time and generally don't have the biggest returns. I mean, sure, being a doctor, high status, but long, you know, financial commitment, lawyer, same thing, right? A lot of these like what quote unquote high status jobs are. Um, now, as we, you know, the younger generation comes up, you know, it's moving more towards social media, being uh, a brand or having some sort of a following is kind of the new status game, I think. So that's why all these people are just losing their minds trying to get it on social, right? And I think the the key to happiness, what I've been really trying to 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 do is determine your own status within yourself. Because when I went into sales, I didn't see it as a loss of status, to be honest. Um, I saw how much money all these people around me were making, and I thought it was an opportunity. Now, yeah, was it initially a loss of status? Sure. But, you know, I ate crap for two and a half, three years, so to say, did my, uh, did my reps in the gym, you could say, you know, was, you know, did my tour and, you know, lower management and, you know, being on the front line and now I own my own business and this business has now allowed me to, to partner with another company. And now we're, uh, I was, which then allowed me to, to partner with, you know, Victor Ranker. We're going to be doing an event here in Virginia. It's going to be a massive, massive sales and business event. And now I have elevated in status, quote unquote, because uh, I now own a company and uh, I'm able to be in different rooms than I was before. But really, it doesn't matter, right? That status perce- or perceived status doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it's all about how do you feel about the progression that you're making? Because at the end of the day, you know, you you're, you can only judge, you know, where you're at based off where you came from. And a lot of people are judging, you know, where they are compared to somebody else's journey where they might have been on it for 10 or 15 years, right? So uh, there's a quote that says, don't judge your day one on someone's day 100 or however that quote goes. And, um, it's hard to do that when you're, when you're playing these status games, but that's really all we do is bred into us. Um, it's a way that when you see people like who look dirty, you kind of tend to judge them or someone looks really rich trying to judge them, right? Someone pulls up in a Lamborghini and I suit, you're going to make preconceived notions based off their status. Someone shows up looking like trash with a trash bag over their shoulder and they're, they're, they're dirty and smelly. You're going to make judgments. Someone's obese. You're going to make judgments, right? Uh, we make these these judgments on status all the time. And one thing that I also found is in sales, by knowing this stuff, <laughs> I've actually been able to tighten up my sales process a bit and and, and get bigger deals. Because uh, when you find a client, um, especially more affluent areas where money is not so much an uh, so much an obstacle, 
they tend to care way more about their status. So what I've been doing is in homes or when I'm pitching these products or even developing ad copy for my products now is we are leveraging that status instinct within people to make them buy. So we frame these systems in the homes that these are like the Cadillacs of water. These are the Lamborghinis of water. Only the top end people get these equipments because of their price points. They have X, Y, and Z. It's very exclusive, right? We do all these things uh, to, to, to give the perceived status change that someone will receive uh, with these systems. Um, in our scripts even, we say, listen, you know, I'm sure you have friends and family. You guys might like to host. Every time you get one of these systems and people come over, they can't stop raving about it. They're going to ask you where you got it. They're going to want to beg you for those referrals. And so that will then future pace the client to have a positive movie play in their head of, ooh, people that come over to my house will love this thing. It'll put me in an elevated status because they don't have it and I do have it. You know, so keeping up with the Joneses. And it's really crazy because if you actually look at yourself and are honest with yourself, think about all the decisions you've made or not made based off how you think it would affect your status. And then think about how your life might have changed or been different if you did not listen to those people and just kept doing the thing that you were supposed to be doing. It's crazy, right? You'd probably be further along. Or maybe it protected you. You know, there's, it could go both ways. Um, but it's a powerful thing. And if you can think back on how you've been moved by status change, you can then implement that when either just talking to people, networking, or you know, just having a little bit of, of um, grace for yourself and where you're at. Um, I will tell you, uh, when you hit the benchmarks and the goals that you're trying to hit, eventually it'll feel like you're back at zero anyway. So you've got to fall in love with the process of getting the goal more than getting the goal. And I know that's an overused statement, guys. I understand. But it is so true. Because every time you hit something, you hit that goal, it just becomes another thing. Starting a business for me was like this huge milestone. And I thought I was going to just be on top of the world forever. But now it's just like everything else, right? It's it's uh, I, I'm passionate about it. Don't get me wrong. I love the fact that I get to be my own boss and, and run the company. But it's um, it does turn into just every another day. And so now my goal is hitting certain different metrics, you know, hitting, um, you know, a million in, in profit within, you know, six months. That's a goal. And, you know, when you hit it, it's going to feel great. But then it's just going to be like every other day. And then that next month is going to be, well, I want to hit, you know, five in six months, then 10 and then 20, right? The bar is always going to move, especially for people like us who are overachievers, right? That bar is always going to change. So the only way to not lose your mind is to really just enjoy the process of hitting those goals and enjoy the process of being the person that you're becoming by hitting those goals and by going through the hardships and um, by reframing myself as, as long as I continue to work, to achieve those goals. And as long as I continue to work to try to push myself and the company further, then I am in a high status. Regardless of what the bank account says, regardless of what the cars in the driveway, the way I framed it for me is as long as I am pushing myself, no matter what the outcome is, I am in a high status. And that gives me confidence to push, to take risk. And it has put me in rooms and in conversations that I would not otherwise be in. And if you are listening to this, I highly encourage you to follow your own barometer for success and try to try to fall in love 
with doing the hard work, doing the things that actually get you to where you want to go, not focusing on the destination of where you're trying to get. Because I promise you, when you get there, it's going to feel great for a moment. And then you're going to be wondering, what's next? Is this all there is? Okay? And the only way to avoid that is to understand that once you get there, there's only a new battle to conquer. And battling that battle is the purpose of living, is the purpose of why we do what we do. So that's where we're at. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, like I said, good good end of the month. Going into March is my birthday month, so I'm going to try to go super hard during that month. Um, and as I uh, end this podcast, I am heading out to do a couple more commercial quotes. Uh, we were also about to bid on two federal contracts, so this goal was to finally start securing some of those federal agreements. And uh, oh, my company, Clear Wave Water, is also expanding to multiple states now, which is amazing. So uh, beginning in March, we will be able to serve Jersey, Delaware, and um, Maryland. So very, very exciting about that. We are building the team. So if you're a salesperson um, and you, you're listening to this podcast and you are um, in any of those states and you want to come join my, my water team, you are more than happy to come sell for me. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to have you on board um, and we can see what we can do. All right, guys. Peace.